Yeah, what you are about to hear is a work of fan fiction. All characters and events and settings, even those based on the ones from World of Warcraft, are entirely fictional, and half of it was probably made up on the spot. Listening to this production indicates your consent to its terms of service, which we forgot to write down. Last time, we left our heroes in the Explorer's League camp with Trag Roughhorn, the Tauren warrior who came to the aid of the dwarves when the beasts of the jungle attacked. They were unable to save the two dwarves above ground from the blood-sucking insects, but one remains inside the ruins that they were exploring. They've come under attack again in the cave by what seemed at first to be a stalactite, but was actually a monster in disguise. Let's see now how it goes when we queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Falkus doesn't notice this right away, and neither does Butch as he's walking away from this as it's happening. But Ari and Trag Roughhorn are able to see very clearly in the light of the drift globe this ropey appendage come flying out of this stalactite, which like an eye on it starts to open and it's like it has a mouth that starts to open in the middle of what you thought was just a, a naturally occurring stone structure uh, but would miss Falcus is just barely able to dance back away from and now like as he's he's like sort of backing up you guys see that there's the, like the, the stalactite he has one long kind of an appendage that's dangling down toward where it was trying to grab at Falcus and there are more that are growing out of the sides and back of its body and face and like the structure of it is starting to become all tendrily uh, in response to this the Taran like grabs the totem pole off of the back of his like he's got it over his shoulders the way that like in World of Warcraft you hold your weapon like just on your back attached to nothing he grabs it and pulls it out in front of him he roars and goes running in his movement speed is probably not enough to get close actually no he's able to get just up close to Falcus and he would swing against he would actually just try to attack the the big long tentacle thing and okay hang on one second no the armor class is correct okay um swings in and uh is able to like he cracks against this 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 tendril thing but you guys see that like he hit it cleanly but it didn't look like it actually did any damage to it. Um, it's this tendril is it 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 moves in a very fluid way, but it seems very hard and and tough and stony. Um, you're like, oh, you've really you really got to nail it in order to take a chunk off of it. I think he's resistant to bludgeoning damage. N no, it just wasn't an effective attack like the attack roll I rolled was a 12 and that's not sufficient oh um okay on his turn he is go the creature is going to summon more of these grasping sort of tendril type appendages and is going to swing down at each of it's gonna swing twice at trag for being the one that attacked, and it's also going to swing once at Falkus and once at Butch. So this will be for Trag. A 24... Okay, a 24 would hit. Um, so then in that case, it's going to redirect the next one to be toward Falkus. A 9 would miss. Uh, it's going to throw another one at Falkus. An 11 would still miss, and the last one is going to be against Butch. Uh, 22 would hit. That hits. Okay, so both Trag the Taran and Butch the Pandaren are whoosh, whoosh, grappled 
by these ropey tendrils that are hanging down from this stalactite that is 30 feet up in the air from you. You can, on your turn, you can try to wrestle your way out of it, or you can just attack against the tendril, um, but it does have you in its grip. Both Butch and Trag, who have been grappled by this creature, uh, they're caught one of you is I would say that Trag is caught like around the waist a couple of times and Butch um, all the way up uh, your left leg and it's just starts reeling you in man like at some point eventually it gets to the point where it's pulling you and it lifts you actually bodily all the way up off the ground you start to like almost like if you're uh, you caught a fish and you're reeling it in like it's just it's going you're and you're getting closer and closer to this creature um it pulls you a total of 25 feet right now you are butch you are 20 feet by two by three pythagorean's theorem let's just say something to the effect of 30 feet away from this creature so it pulls you almost to within melee range of it, but you're dangling upside down from the ceiling by this stony grip of this tentacle that's pulling down off of a stalactite with one big eye in it and a mouthful of teeth. Falcus, it is your turn. What would you like to do? Alright, um... Okay, so that tentacle's there... If I... Oh, and that's the one that's behind me. Right, so the the two that I put next to you are the ones that just attacked against you. Trag's got one, and Butch has one. Okay, so moving out of range, this thing could potentially have an opportunity attack, right? Yes, when you move out of its melee range. I'm going to take that risk and move out of its range. Is it going to take the opportunity? It doesn't make an attack against you, but also you did just see that it attacked Butch which is who is farther away than where you just moved to. Opportunity attacks occur when you leave their melee range. This thing's melee range is substantial because it did attack you from on the ceiling 30 feet away directly up. How about now? You move further away. Now you're behind where Trag is. Nothing. Then I'm like, uh, 5, 10, 15. Okay. 20. 25? 30. Okay, so you make this movement. Nothing? Okay. No. Alright, from this distance now, I can make a ranged bow attack on this guy without being in um, at disadvantage. So, to be clear, standing directly below him, he's 30 feet above you. So... May, like it's a bow attack you have to be further than five feet away from him in order for it to be normal that was true the entire time oh right that's fine I'll still be at ranged right then uh 19 hit a 19 does hit what is your damage piercing damage is 10 and are we playing them I've got a friend within range that I get Sneak attack, right? Uh, what's the range on that? Does it have to be five feet, or does it have to be like how does it how does it work? Just because the effective melee range of this monster is so much wider than normal. Uh, if an enemy of the target's within five feet of it, so this thing's on the ceiling. He's on the ceiling, and he's at the thirty foot mark. At about the twenty five foot mark is where Butch and Trag are. So I would say, actually, I would say yes, because of how far they are from dangling. You see what I'm saying? Like they reached out and they he grabbed the two of them and he reeled them up to the ceiling to presumably to bite them. They're not quite in melee range yet, but they're a few feet away. Oh, okay, so if they're not quite in melee range yet, then no. Okay, so no, they're dangling too far below for the sneak attack to count. So for now, we'll just deal the piercing damage. The verticality of this fight is very hard to wrap a head around in a 2D map. Yeah, that was why I turned the figure upside down in the hopes that it would remind all of us, because I was going to lose track of it too. 
Um, but yeah, keep in mind that he is 30 feet above where he's marked on the map. Okay, that's fine. I am like 10, 10 feet or feet. let's say 10 feet below him dangling so upside 20, down by one leg. So 20 feet above y'all's heads. Mm-hmm. It's going to hurt when you drop. No, I'm bouncy. That's true. true. That's true. I didn't even actually put that into this fight. I forgot about that. Um, so at this case, it's just going to be 10 piercing damage, no sneak attack. Okay. Yeah, and he takes the damage. You are relieved to discover that despite the fact that he has a stony, rocky exterior, when you actually do land a hit on a sensitive spot, it does deal normal damage. Or at least that's your perception from here. Good deal. That's it. Okay. Ari, you just saw nonsense break loose. What would you like to do? (laughs) So... If I, a couple things, when I was grappled with the rug, if I, if damage was done to me, I took damage. Was that different because I was completely enwrapped in it? Yeah, you get the sense that because you were all the way, the idea there is that like, if you get all wrapped up in a rug and then someone beats the rug with a baseball bat, you're getting hit with a baseball bat. Like the, you know. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Second thing, if I were to dissident whispers the tentacle that's surrounding Butch, how would that play off? Would the tentacle keep Butch and they would just both zoomy zoomy away? Would it release boot Butch and zoomy zoomy away? How does that look? Well, because I don't want Butch to get to this monster. So I'm trying to figure out. That depends in large part on how Dissonant Whispers is worded. Um, you whisper a discordant melody that only one creature of your choice within range can hear, racking it with terrible pain. A target must make a wisdom save. On a failed save, it takes psych. Okay, so let's find out if. Ripper can have a tendril can be a ten. Okay, um, we're gonna roll a check to find out. If you can put together the pieces sufficient to figure out what the answer to this question is. Okay. (laughs) Do a, um, you're, hmm, you're trying to understand the specifics about a creature in the jungle. So nature kind of makes sense. You're also trying to intuit, uh, the effect of a magical effect. So arcana kind of makes sense. I'm trying to intimidate him. Um, well, yeah, but like <laughs> understanding how a spell works when you cast it isn't really an intimidation roll. But that's plus nine. So. <laughs> I would say to roll a nature check. Okay. And beat a. It's going to be a low DC. Beat like a. Beat like a. I got an eleven. All right. What you understand about dissonant whispers and creatures is that you need to. You know, the idea on Dissonant Whispers is that you are attacking the mind of something. Like, you're, it's, okay. a, it's a psychic damage ability. It's a, um, it, you know, it involves crafting a, an image of fear in the target's mind. Uh, you think that that may be an effective strategy against the creature itself. But, like, if someone did psychic damage against your leg, that wouldn't mean anything because your leg doesn't have a brain. It's your brain that has a brain. So you're like, I don't know if that would really fly. So I'm going to switch gears then. Is Trog able to attack despite the fact, because you said it's around his waist, right? Yeah. Okay. So... He is he he does have his hands free, um, okay. but the nature of being dangled kind of partially upside down and in such a strange way may interfere with his ability to accurately land a hit. But no, he's still totem pole at the ready. If it gets if he gets reeled in closer, he is likely to try to start swinging at it. Okay, and these tentacles are attached like they're not the the wispy things we see. They're actually attached to the creature. It's just a very long range that they have. Correct. Uh, yeah, so okay. like if you look at the token itself, you see how it's a it's literally a stalactite with yes. like 
tentacles coming off four of it. Four tentacles. That's an accurate are, okay. depiction of what it looks like. The okay. extra squigglies that I have on the battle map that you guys are seeing are my representation of if you guys were to try to attack the tentacles themselves, I wanted them on the board so you could see where each one was. Okay. So I am going to... I don't know if this is going to work or a good idea. I'm going to do a second level dissonant whispers against the creature itself with the theory of maybe it going away, its tentacles won't necessarily follow it. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. If it'll like be so scared, it forgets to reel its tentacles in because it has some range. I'm not sure how that'll play out, but I'm going to dissonant whisper the creature itself and see how the tentacles play out. I'm trying to get some space between Butch and Trag and the creature is okay. my intention. So on a failed save, it takes psychic damage and must immediately use its reaction, if available, to move as far as its speed allows away from you. Yes. Okay. So, so in that case, I need to roll a wisdom save, right? Yes, and you need a 15 I think it's or a 15. better. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm a little surprised at this creature's wisdom score, but that's fine. Is that an 11? I rolled an 11. So I failed to resist the damage. Go ahead and roll the damage. I'm going to turn to it and say, um, I reached my limit the minute we walked into this place. You're a disgrace. You thought you came prepared, but now it's time to run away scared. And I'm going to do 11 psychic damage. Nice hit. Okay. So it takes the 11 psychic damage and you hear it go... It like turns and looks at you and it's got this blood red eye and its teeth are sharp and it growls at you and then goes and moves. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, it moves. It's maximum movement speed. Which is not very much. It slowly like... In my the mind, type can move. That's <laughs> in slowly. Well, so it looks like a st stalactite, but as it moves away, you see that it, it moves a total of ten feet to start with. That like it has a ten foot movement speed. The rock wall seal, the rock ceiling that it was hanging on, is not broken, and it like. With tiny little, like, suction cuppy little centipede feet, moves slowly away from Ari. And um, you see Takes that the. Me and Trag with it. Yeah, That's and what I'm trying to find yeah out. you guys are dangling with it for sure. But, like, you see that it was not growing through the ceiling, it was just attached to the ceiling. Okay. And it's walking along the ceiling now. I'm <laughs> just picturing my, my, like, what my leg being wrapped up in a vine and we just hang in there <laughs> as, as it takes a walk. So my goal Swinging. in building this encounter was not to drag you guys all over the ceiling with it, but I'm excited to do it because I think that's a lot of fun. I was wondering, yeah, if it was going to be so scared it would just kind of leave its tentacles since they have a large range or if it would come if they'd move with them. Oh, it didn't. It wouldn't. It it wouldn't have dropped anything it was carrying. It just turns yeah. and bolts. If it would have just like yeah, that was my intention. Was is it going to? Does it have enough not fear like because it makes it scared or whatever? I don't know what to say. Does it have enough consciousness to still realize you must come with me? Or was it more of like a oh let's no, go? No, it just turned and ran. Okay, and that's it's fine. No, that was my yeah. And that's the thing about spells, right? Like so. It seems like a douchebag DM thing to say when you say, hey, man, just read your spells. But like, actually, like the text in the spell specifies if it if it specifies that it drops everything, then it does. And if it doesn't say that, then that's just not part of the um, it, so so spells in D&D, &D, some of them are very simple and there's like you deal damage. But some of them, when they have like a whole bunch of text to them, it really benefits to go through and go, okay, well, so this spell does these three things, but it does not specify that it does these two or three things. So that, that's, you know, like if it doesn't say drop stuff, it just doesn't drop stuff. Like it's not part of the spell. That works. Um, and that is all I'm going to do. I'm not going to move and I'm not going to use a bonus action. So my turn on that is going to be done. 
Okay. Butch, you are dangling five or ten feet down from the tip of this stalactite creature, which was very, very aggressive until just a moment ago when it squealed and started scurrying across the the surface of the ceiling here. What would you like to do? Am I five or am I ten feet? Uh, given the fact that I can't do triangle math, I would say ten. Okay. In range for melee attacks is the tentacle thing. And in range for ranged attacks, if you were to try to pull a javelin out of your pocket, uh, you could get the you could get the creature. Yep. Well, I'd have disadvantage on that because uh, the range for a javelin is thirty to one hundred and twenty. So anything within thirty feet doesn't doesn't work so well. No, no, no. no thirty is the maximum range normal. And 120 is the maximum range with disadvantage. But if it's within 30 feet, you just throw a javelin at it. Oh. Unless it's within melee range, at which point then you have disadvantage because ranged attacks in melee range have disadvantage. Okay. Well, okay. So speaking of reading my spells, I'm going to do something weird with a, with a purpose. So first of all, I am going to rage. Okay. Excellent. And that's going to give me advantage on like on strength checks and yep. strength saving throws, mm-hmm. which I believe helps me if I want to get ungrappled. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So, but that's not what I want to do right now, but I'm going to rage. It, it also gives my allies within um, melee range a uh an advantage um oh yeah that's right yeah so i don't know how close trag i think he's close enough yeah okay and what's the range on that five feet it's melee range five feet yeah okay okay now the other thing is that I have, I just want to keep in, okay. So I want to keep in mind that totem spirit, you know, um, and that's the, any, any, your friends have advantage on melee attack rules against any creature within five feet. Oh, five feet of me actually. Yeah. If your ally Uh, is within five feet of you, they get the advantage. Um, that's not what it says. Is it not? no, your friends have advantage on melee attack. It's it's almost melee attack rolls against any creature within five feet of me that is hostile to me. So let's say. Oh my goodness, my, we've been playing it wrong literally since we introduced the inter, the, the mechanic. Yeah, but it's still kind of it. It's it's not that wrong. It's like, wrong enough. Ari has positioned herself to be within five feet of you several times because she wolfs out and then starts slashing because we thought that it was like she had to be in close range. But it's not that she she could be on the other side of somebody who's within close range of you. Okay. Like I could put know myself that here awesome. instead of having to like shimmy myself here. Yeah. Which also means Falkus would have gotten advantage sometimes that... We yeah, probably on melee. It does say melee. Oh, melee it does say melee. It's, okay, it's got to be me- melee. So, so really, you have to be within ten feet of me. So, I mean, it's not that big of a difference. No. but it's a difference. Did you okay. write this much like the same as? Um, is this from the book, or did you make this up? What are you quoting? Um, what we're talking about? Right not the- no, 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 no. I didn't make any of this up. It's from the book. This is straight out of the player's handbook. So I'm wondering if it reads like the um, Guardian for fighters, the feat that I had previously. I don't remember. Anyway, so I've I've hit rage. Okay, so that'll help me with grappling if I want it to. Um, but but the big thing is it it um, makes me uh, resistant to stuff like yep. bludgeoning damage and stuff. Um, and the other thing I want to do is I want to recklessly attack 
Okay. Now, what, a reckless attack gives me, let's see, advantage on melee attacks. And that's important here. It gives me advantage on melee attacks. And it also gives attack rolls against me have advantage until my next turn. Right. And then I'm going to get my javelin out, which does not is, is not affected by reckless attack because it's a melee weapon. And I am going to um, throw it at the monster. I'm not going to try to ungrapple myself. I'm going to use a ranged attack at the actual monster. And I'm not going to tell you why I'm doing this. To be so to be to be clear, I'm doing something bad to myself. Reckless attack gives you advantage on melee attacks. You're attacking yes. recklessly and you're attacking with a ranged weapon. So you're going to yes. attack normally. Yes. And you're opening yourself up to be more easily hit in the future. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's fine. Like, if you have a plan, that's awesome. Go for it. But that's okay. what happens. Go ahead and roll okay. your... Um, go ahead and roll your javelin roll. Does an eight hit the stalactite monster? No, it pings off of... It's, again, it's a very... It's clearly a creature. You're sure of that. But, like, man, if the outer shell of this thing isn't stony as all get out, an eight is not sufficient. Okay. That's my turn. Okay, you're raging. You have all your stuff going on. Uh, the next attack against you is going to be with disadvantage. Trag is hanging uh, slightly inverted, also kind of like grappled by the waist. And he is also going to rage. Oh. And as he does so, he is going to swing in against the... Against the tentacle that's holding him, I guess. Because I don't think I put... Did I put a ranged attack on him? No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, he is going to swing against the tentacle. Oh, and he hits. A 21 is enough to hit these tentacles. And he deals just enough bludgeoning damage. You just, like... Wait a minute. I'm trying to think. He's restrained. Okay. Sorry, uh, I missed something for you, Butch, but it wouldn't have mattered. When a tendril grapples you, until the grapple ends, the target is restrained, has disadvantage on strength checks and strength saving throws, and the, and the creature can cannot use the same tendril on another target. So being restrained means that he does roll with disadvantage. So let's hit one more time. Oh, wait, no, I already did. It's uh, 13. Okay, so he swings in, but because he's hanging upside down and he's all, like, discombobulated, he and bang, and kind of nowhere. He's not able to get anywhere with this. It's too stony a, a, a creature. The stalactite monster on its turn is going to shoot a, uh, a, a, a tentacle thing out at Falcus, who is... Just like as it's getting close to you, as you see it flying out toward you, you realize that there's not a whole lot. Like you're doing the triangle math and you're going, okay, the hypotenuse. It's reaching the very longest extent of its reach to try to grab you, but it is going to try to grab you. Tendril attack. A 13. Okay. Not enough. But. Oh, wait, is a 14 enough? No. No, I didn't, or a 13, rather, whatever I said. Uh, another one comes flying out. Uh, 12, okay. A third one comes launching out toward Falcus. Third one. Still misses. 14 misses, okay. So there's one on Butch, there's one on Trag. There are three reaching out toward Falcus who hasn't quite gotten hit yet. His very last one. Misses. A nine. Unbelievable. This creature is able to make four attacks with tendrils 
at a, like, and you're like now seeing that most of its body is covered in these tendrils that are reaching out. Two of them have creatures and four of them are trying their best to grab Falcus, who is carefully dancing out of the way of these things. Um, at the end of its turn, it is going to reel both Butch and Trag all the way up into melee range. Now there are a couple of things happening. First of all, Trag and Butch are within five feet of each other and both are within five feet of the stalactite monster. So melee attack rolls apply Uh, because you are restrained. You are making melee attack rolls with disadvantage, but Trag both raged though. That's right. Trag is within your melee range and within melee range against a creature who you're in melee range with. So he's going to roll normally advantage plus disadvantage. Um, You're still going to be rolling with disadvantage. Why? Oh, because he doesn't have the spirit totem thing. Trag. You see rage. When when you see rage, you're like, that's rage. I know what rage looks like when I see it but it doesn't have the same kind of flavor yours has. It's a right. little bit of a different kind of a ra- You're from different cultures, Pandaren and Taran. You're very different people. Yeah. The, the reason I have that is um, because I've got the, I don't know, Path some of kind of thing warrior. of wolf. Path of the Totem Warrior. Not every barbarian um, does that. Right. Uh, it is going to make one attack with its bite. It's going to bite against Butch. It does. It knows because you threw everything you had into an offensive ability, so it knows that it's going to be able to snap against you if it wants to. It is going to try to bite you. So I rolled a twenty-three <laughs> and a nineteen for my advantage roll, so that is going to hit, right? Yeah. You take fifteen piercing damage, reduced down to seven because you are raging and you are resistant to piercing. Okay, now I'm going to tell you what I was trying to do, and I was wrong. Okay. I thought that the real thing, that like the reeling in part, was an, an attack. And I wanted to make sure that I was reeled in. Oh, you're reeled in. Oh, I'm reeled in, but I didn't have to do what I did to do that. But it doesn't... Okay, yeah. It ended up not so, mattering. Because ended up not a 23 and a 19 would have both hit you anyway. So the advantage didn't help. Yeah. Okay. But you get close just, enough just, to this thing's mouth. I just want it, to explain to everyone why I did something that was kind of, that would have looked stupid. I mean, so you say that, but I am a melee focused creature and my opponent is 30 feet away and I have no way to attack them. The answer to that question I think is Just one that you found in. and it works, <laughs> but now you're right next to the teeth. So you just got to be careful about the teeth is all I'm saying. Yeah. Be careful Good about thing the I'm teeth. Raging. Balkus, you're surrounded by tentacles that are trying to attack you, but they all missed. Perfect. So here's a fine question. I know each one of these tentacles are quote unquote individual on the screen, but if they're considered part of this monster, is it only one opportunity attack? If I move out of its range. There's only one creature. Yes. Okay. Um, And these were at their limit is what you were saying. They were stretching out as far as they could get to try to get to me. You get the sense that you are at the very edge of its effective range. I am going to take a step back. Okay. Is it going to opportunity attack? Yeah. You are under attack from a tendril. Miss. Okay. Perfect. Now that I know that I'm clear, I'm going to take another step back and let's go to the far edge here. I think I still am within range. What's the effective range of your short bow? 8320. Okay. Um, 80 feet. There is no way that you are outside of range yet, right? 55. He is 55. So 30 to the ceiling is right at right at 80. I would say on the hypotenuse. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Repeating, of course. Uh, yeah, so if he's 30 feet up and you're 55 feet horizontal, then the hypotenuse is 62 feet. So you still have a lot of space. So you're fine. You go firing off bow shots. What do you do? I'm going to hug the wall. I'm going to put another 10 feet behind it between us. All right. That's fine. Let's shoot this booger. My short bow. It's a 14 hit. 
No, again, same problem as before. Pang! It goes, like, it reflects off of the stony surface of this creature. I will utilize my action surge, and let's do it again. Let's give it another shot. A 15? Nope. Well, poop. The skin on this thing is too hard. It's a a big rock. That's all I got. But you're confident that you are well outside of its uh, attack radius. Ari, you have just seen that physical attacks against this thing are very difficult to pull off because of its stony outer hide. But you're full to the brim of magics that affect the mind, which are not armor class dependent whatsoever. What would you like to do? Um, I want to do something, but I don't want to waste it. So. <sighs> okay, screw it, because if it hits, it has high damage. I'm going to cast Ray of Sickness on it. Okay. Which is a ranged spell attack, and then on a hit, it'll do 2d8 of poison damage. And then you must make a constitution saving throw, and if you fail, it will also be poisoned until the end of my next turn. And I forget what poison does, because I'm... Uh, poisoned my... gives it disadvantage on, I want to say, attack rolls and checks. Petra, that poisoned. Attack rolls and ability checks. Yeah. So it would give it disadvantage on attacking. And then DM inspiration, because I do have that. If I roll and I feel it's not high enough, I can then. What does DM inspiration do again? You have to declare that you're using DM inspiration. And then when okay. you say that, you roll with advantage. But you do have okay. to say it before you roll it. So I'm just going to go ahead and use my DM inspiration. And I'm going to roll with advantage just okay. because this is a big attack and I don't want it to miss. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to roll first one. 13. No. Okay. And then second one. 22. Yeah. For 12 poison damage, and then you need to do a constitution saving roll to find out if you're poisoned until the start of my next turn. So the first thing I'm doing is subtracting the 12. Uh, Let's do the constitution saving throw, and I rolled a 10. Your DC is what, 15? Yes. The stalactite's eye, which has been blood red and angry, you see like twinges of green around the outside, and it looks a little nauseous. Perfect. Okay, so we did that. Hold on. I have to... So that's been used. I'm going to use a bonus action. I'm going to um, go ahead and I'm going to give Bardic Inspiration to Butch. And so I'm going to turn to Butch and I am going to say, um, the situation may be dire, but here's something to light your fire. And boo, Bardic Inspiration. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, you can roll. Is it a D6? Yes, D6. <laughs> uh, if you roll an attack roll or a saving throw, I think, and you feel that that is not strong enough, you can toss a D6 on top of that to try to get there. Not a hit, but an attack. Yeah. Uh, like when like, well, actually, so with the additional rules added by Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, uh, you can add the d6 to an attack roll, a saving throw, or a damage roll, I think. Or ability check, too, is on here. Or ability check, yeah. Okay. So almost everything. Arc inspiration. Ability check, attack roll, saving throw. I thought that adding to the damage was a whole thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Magical inspiration. If a creature has bardic inspiration from you and casts a spell that restores hit points or deals damage. Okay, so it's a spell. It's not a yep. It's not a weapon attack. Okay, yeah. So an attack roll, an ability check, or saving throw. Yeah, d6. Cool. Okay. All right, I think it's my turn. It is. So now that I am within melee range, I will be rolling with disadvantage because I'm grappled? Oh. Because you're restrained. Yeah. Because I'm restrained. That's no good. So hopefully I can uh... I mean the only thing I have are, are things that pierce pierce or, or bludgeon. <clears throat> so or I could do a, I could do a quaking palm. 
<laughs> ah, that's a bonus action. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, I mean, I, I could also do reckless attack again. Uh, right. So now that you're in melee range with him, you can do a melee attack. If you reckless while you're disadvantaged, you're going to roll a straight roll instead of a disadvantage roll. I am going to reckless attack. Okay. So not roll with advantage. Uh, sorry, disadvantage. And I'm going to take my my great axe and try to knock this sucker right in the teeth. Okay. Doesn't 18 hit. And 18 just hits. It just, you like happened to, it was almost no good. And then it opened its mouth to bite and you right there in the teeth. Go ahead and roll the damage for it. Um, looks like I do seven damage and then I'm going to, as a bonus action, uh, quaking palm. Okay. You fail a constitution saving throw of 13 and you just rolled a 14. Does rage help me with constitution? It doesn't. No, it's, it's your strength stuff, but it's not their, it has nothing to do with their stuff. Yeah. I rolled a 14. (sighs) Okay. It was a good plan though. I like that. That would have really ticked him off. That would have ticked him off. It didn't work though. So, cause you rolled more than, yeah, Eh, that's all right. you, You, all right. My turn is done. So hanging right next to you, Trag is going to look at you and say, yeah, that was good. And then try to swing in. Uh, he it rolls oh, a 19, God. which hits. He deals a <gasps> boatload of bludgeoning damage. And since he hit them, uh, you like the, the it cracks against him. And then you start to see around him the faint, wispy effect of his like you you again you recognize rage when you see it and you see that there is something happening here to who, to to what the to trag something is happening to trag yeah something is happening with trag ever since he landed the hit like you're like oh that he's got something going on there okay i don't think that he's doesn't have anything else going on that he can do here okay cool so no bloodlust what <laughs> okay Cool. So he he did 15 damage. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a good beating. Um, On the creature's turn, it is going to... uh, So This creature gets to go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 times? (laughs) Uh, No, it it, it can make up to 4 tentacle attacks to try to grapple things. It can reel people in if it has anybody grappled and then it bites but it can't reach out any it can't reach to anybody except for the two people that it already has who are dangling right below its mouth um it can't reel anybody in because you're all already right there in melee range so instead it's just going to try to bite against the guy who just smashed him in the face and it is going to hit trag um trag is going to take 24 reduced yep as I say, um, could I cutting words the damage roll then use my improved cutting words to reduce the damage? For That's track? a reaction, right? Yeah, it's a reaction. Yes. Okay, I'm going to use my improved cutting words because I don't have to expend a bardic inspiration for that one since it comes with the book. Way to go. I so I think you still have to use a bardic inspiration, but the like the fact that you're using the book makes it better. Because it doesn't say anything about it being better, because that's what I thought too. But in the description, it doesn't say like the dice goes up. It doesn't say anything about it. So I didn't know if maybe that meant I didn't use it at Bardic Inspiration. Yeah. If you look at the book itself, it says. It does. Okay. Yeah. While attuned to it, you can reference the slightly chewed insult book when insulting a foe to make your words more dangerous. Doing so will increase the size of the damage dice used when you cast Vicious Mockery one time, and you may also increase the size of a Bardic Inspiration dice used when you insult a foe using cutting words one time. So it basically, it, it takes your otherwise awesome ability and makes it better once per day or once per short rest or something once like per, that. Once per, yeah, one of the rest. So I didn't, that was, gotcha. I didn't look at the book. I was just looking at the spell and I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. know why this is improved, but we'll figure it out. Okay, so... Because this book has pre-written insults, I am going to turn to it and say, 
I once owned a dog that was smarter than you, and I'm going to cast improved cutting words, which didn't do anything. I thought I hit the use. Is it uh, not? Yeah, it's, it's probably just, just going to quote the text at you. Um, okay, so we're so just going to roll a d6. Cutting words <laughs> is a bardic inspiration dice, which currently are a d6, but since you're doing the improved version, do a d8. Perfect. I rolled a three. The creature reaches out to bite. Trag is raging, so he's going to take reduced damage. You see that this is happening, and you're like, no, ugly, and then you reduce the damage further. <laughs> the total attack roll done was a, the total damage on the bite was 24 piercing damage. Um, Trag is going to reduce that down to half because he's raging, and then you're going to take off another three. So in total, he takes nine damage. That's awesome. I think, right? Good deal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Yeah, 9. Um, yeah, super, super good. Um, Falcus, you're all the way at the bottom section of this cave. What are you doing? Gotta keep doing the same thing I've been doing. I'm gonna hit him with my short bow. And I'm still gonna keep missing. 14. Uh, 14's no good. Do you have anything that, that targets um, saving throws? I don't think you do as a I'm basically a melee class or a uh, weapon class weapon class. Yeah. So the only thing I've got is if my bow hits is my special abilities okay. and my bow's not hitting. So Ari, it's your turn. And to be clear, this creature looks it looks not great. Like it looks like it's starting to bleed, like it's got blood coming out of its eye and it's got some like blood marks on its teeth where it bit. But also it's bleeding like you. it's clearly taking damage. I'm going to do a second level dissonant whispers to it. So I need a wisdom saving throw. Okay. 15 or more. 11. Perfect. So I'm going to turn to this creature. Run, run as fast as you can because we will catch you. Trust me, this is just part of the plan. And I'm going to do 11 psychic damage. Wow. Okay. So he takes the 11 psychic damage. And again, you hear this squealing noise of like, Wah! as he is running a full movement of 10 feet away from you. Um, he's getting all the way up into the northern corner of this room now. And then I am going to um, go ahead and give Bardic Inspiration to... Focus. So I'm going to turn to you and say, now's not the time for daydreaming. So here I am pleading that you take this blessing and teach them a lesson and give you a bardic inspiration, Focus. Right, right on. And that is going to end my turn. All right. Butch, you are hanging upside down in front of this thing and it is time to go to town. All right. Well, oh, stop. The attack against the should have been okay. Never mind. Okay, cool. So it's the poison lasts from sickening radiance lasts until the end of your turn. Yes, it did last until the end of my turn. So okay, when he bit, that was with disadvantage. So the fifteen still hit. Fifteen was still hit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That was what I was looking at. Okay. Perfect. Yep. Nope. My my poison's done. So he does have with dissident whispers. Nothing though, right? I don't think he has anything. Uh, not anymore. Yeah, he doesn't have anything. Nope. He's good. Alrighty, here we go. I'm going to take my great axe and go about smashing him right in the teeth again. I'm trying to get rid of the things that are going to hurt me the most. Okay. Let's see. And I'm rolling with disadvantage. Uh, yes, because you're restrained and you don't get your own advantage aura. <laughs> well, seven is not going to do it. Seven is no good. No, unfortunately. But um, I am going to go. What was, I was just going to say that there's no way the D6 was going to get you into attack range. So I was just going to advise you not to use your inspiration for that. I used my inspiration last time. No, you didn't. You rolled a natural 18. Yeah, you still have your bardic. That's right. Okay. Yeah. But we've established that it's closer to 18 that, that it's got to be. Um, so I'm going to try again to use my last quaking palm. Okay. Which, which I think that would hit cause I rolled a nine. That's right. You need to have beaten a 13. So quaking palm. 
Okay. You are stunned. Yep. Until the end of your next turn. Nice. Okay. So he kind of starts to moan and has like this long exhale where you have stunned the heck out of him. Um, on Trag's turn, because he has advantage for like four reasons. Well, no, he doesn't have advantage. He's restrained, which is disadvantage, and he has advantage from a couple of things, but you don't stack them together. So it's just straight roll is going to try to hit against this thing. Natural one. He's like swinging for all he's worth, but he almost drops his totem because he's not used to fighting upside down. Um, the stalactite monster is too stunned to do anything. Um, so he's just not able to do anything right now. Um, Falcus, you're up. Not only is the creature who you're about to attack stunned, but also you do have a bardic inspiration, which is going to be a D6 that you can add to your attack roll if, after the attack, you feel that it wasn't good enough. That's what I wanted to verify, was that it was, I can see my roll before I use it. Okay. Yes, you can. Perfect. Uh, we're going to keep keep trying with the short bow. I'm not going to use it because I rolled a 25. Okay. What's the total damage? It's going to be 14 piercing damage. And I'm assuming at this point in time, his friends are sucked in, or my friends are sucked in, and uh, I get four sneak attack. Okay. 14 yeah. total. Yeah, you deal the damage. They're close enough. Like, everything totally works out in your favor for that. Absolutely. You deal the damage. And I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Ari, you're up. This thing is looking like it's on its last legs? <laughs> Suction cuppies? Whatever it uses to walk. It's on its last of those. Okay. So even though he's stunned, he still has to do the saving throws. Like if I wanted to do improved vicious mockery, he still gets to. Like it doesn't automatically hit. A stunned creature is incapacitated, which means it can't take actions or reactions. It can't move. It can only speak falteringly if it can speak. It automatically fails strength and dex saving throws, and attack but rolls against it have advantage. So yeah, okay. as far as like intelligence or wisdom saves, it doesn't make a difference. Okay. I'm just trying to debate because my vicious mockery has a 15, but my improved only has a 10 wisdom. No, it so should be 15 flat. Oh, it should be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. That's why I haven't been using it because it's such, it says it's only a 10 on my sheet. And I'm like, why is it a That's lower? That's got to be a mistake on okay. my part somewhere. But yeah, if, if your spell no, save DC is 15, then your spell save DC is 15, period. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to do improved Vicious Mockery against him, so he needs to do a 15 wisdom saving throw. Yeah, 16. So he hits it, so uh, I'm getting ready to, like, go through and do things, and I'm going to be like, yo, mama is so kind that she would have made us all a meal before this fight. And then <laughs> realize I didn't really diss it, and, like, mock it or anything, so it didn't it didn't work at all and just kind of like mole on how I want to threaten it next time. Man, do you, do you take a bonus action? Um, I, I'm not going to cause I want to save my bardics and I can't do any two handed things. It's not close enough. So nope, I'm just going to chill here away from its tentacles of doom. Okay. Uh, Butch, you're up. The creature is stunned. You're like dangling precipitously from its, scaly, rocky arm thing. What would you like to do? Yep. And the only thing I can do is use my great axe and try to hit with disadvantage. Uh, so it would be a normal roll because it is stunned, so attack rolls against it have advantage. So That's you're still restrained, right. so it evens out. Well, it looks like I rolled a dirty 20. No, you rolled a yes. 25. You rolled a natural 20. You rolled a natural 20. <gasps> I rolled... This, this is a critical hit. Yes. Okay. Correct so a mundo. roll my hit dice. Yes. So this means... Yeah. So I guess nine. No, it's... The eight is the normal. So what we're looking at on the screen here is... It says slashing damage eight... And that's a D12 plus three, which is a normal slashing damage. And then it says slashing critical damage, which is an additional D12 because you double the damage dice. So it's an additional nine. 
So that was a total of eight and nine is um, 17. 17. 17. All right, 17. All right. You are hanging upside down from the the tentacles of a rock monster that was suspended on the ceiling 30 feet above the floor, and you reach in with your great axe and slash across it. It is slain. Is there any flavor you want to add on this before you realize the next thing that happens is it starts to let you go and you fall? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm aiming towards its teeth, you know, the same same as I was. So, and I'm just... I'm just like, I'm not expecting to even hit it because I'm not, I haven't been hitting it really that much. And, um, all the damage has been done by, um, Trag and Ari, it seems anyway, but, but I still give it as much as I can, but it goes not just in his mouth, but like through to the other side and I feel pretty good about myself until I see daylight on the other side of it. As soon as it slices, the ropes start to slack and you and Trag start to fall. Uh, you're 30 feet above the ground, which means that the flat damage roll is nine. Now that is a bludgeoning damage. And Butch, you are bouncy. Your big, fluffy, nimble body uh, makes it so that you reduce the damage by half. So, Trag is going to take four damage from Wait. falling while raging. Oh, oh, keep going. And you're going to take two damage. Because of raging and being bouncy. Right. Yeah, so you guys are raging. You take half damage from bludgeoning, and falling damage is bludgeoning damage. It's 1d6 per 10 feet of falling, and you fell 30 feet. So the total damage roll was nine because for some reason the dice rolled really low today. Reduced to half is four for Trag. Reduced for half again is two for you. And you land no problem. You're like, your knees hurt a little bit, but you don't tell anybody about that. You just sort of like land and make a cool. So are the tendrils still alive? No, no, no. They're part of his body and they're like hanging from his body. Like limply. Well, well, uh, I didn't expect that, but di didn't we hear Dwarf or, or, or someone else when we came in here? Yeah, I think he's down the hallway this way. I reach up and, like, put a paw to for Trag to uh, help him up, but he's he, way bigger than he, me. He, no, he accepts it. <laughs> <laughs> he is mostly lifting himself up under his own weight, but it's more the companionship that's like the... You got the Arnold and Carl. <laughs> is the monster still, like, attached to the ceiling? Like, even though it's dead, is it, like, suction cupped up there, or does it come down too? His bottom half is attached to the ceiling. His top half has fallen because Butch went through his mouth and through the backside. Okay. So half of him is laying on the ground. Okay. I don't know. Does it? Does he have anything useful? I'm just going to search. I don't know if his teeth are made of gold or something like that. So I'll just go ahead and search the top half of him real quick. Uh, his teeth are not made of gold. Um, you find kind of nothing really of value that's in there. Okay. There's a lot of like guts and, and, and slobber and whatnot, but that's about it. Um, the okay. only thing so far that you've seen that is anything other than natural is the boot that was sitting in the middle of the room when you guys first walked in. Does Falcus still have the boot, or did... You were going towards the boot, right, Falcus? I was reaching for it when we got attacked, so I'm going to say it's still on the floor where it was, so probably roughly where I'm standing now, I would be back to picking the boot up again. It's a, it's a good boot. It's, like, about the size that you would expect for a dwarf. I figured the dwarf narrowly missed getting sucked up, and all this thing got was its boot, and so there's probably a... a one-shoed, one-shod dwarf to the north here. You take a peek to the north and you see very carefully hidden just outside of the reach of this tentacly creature, a half-shod dwarf uh, wearing, <laughs> you know, safari gear and holding a torch, uh, scared out of his mind, looking at you guys like you are the light's gift to dwarf kind. 
I'll saunter up to him and toss him his boot. It's like, here you go. Did uh, Tadrin send you down here? Where, where did you people come from? You're uh, here to get well, me out of the short version is you're here to get me the heck out of here, right? Well, honestly, Tudrong, whatever his name is, we did meet him on the road, but but it was Trag here that told us you were you were in the cave. Oh, good. Yes, the other adventurer. That's very good. Let's leave. Let's leave. Can we leave? We should leave. That'd be the best, I think. Yeah, you and you and Trag should be should hit that road pretty quickly uh, to head south and catch up with uh, uh, the orc and the other dwarf. I keep forgetting their names. Way, a, way up in our panel. <laughs> he has a couple of bags worth of materials that he had come down. It looks like he had come down here to get, or at least were on his person when you found him. He gathers all that stuff up, slaps his boot on real quick, and is like, "Yeah, I'm the first to get out of here. Let's hurry up!" And like makes his way out quickly. He's about to find his two dwarf friends dead. Rag, it was a pleasure fighting alongside you. Safe travels on your way to Booty Bay. Hope you catch up to your friends quickly because there may be more of those uh, flying bugs on the road. Yeah, we definitely heard them. To you as well. Ancestors watch over you, friends. Uh, if more danger is to be found on the road, I hope it doesn't find you. Be very careful as you venture north. It only gets worse. Was there anything in the little room that the dwarf was in at all? Or did he take everything? Yeah, he had like a couple of bags worth of like excavating equipment. It was, you know, the sort of last minute stuff that someone would have come back in here for um, that one person could carry. Uh, And he's like carrying it. You don't find very much in the cave that would be worth taking. Um, as you guys like wrap this up and leave the cave area, you see that the dwarf is like, he looks very taken aback by the fact that two of his compatriots are dead in the camp, but also is taking the warning that things are bad here very, very seriously and is hurrying out of here. Um, he, he is like, come on, like, we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to go now. We're going to go now. And the Tarn kind of looks at you guys like, yeah, this is the job sometimes. And then he starts to escort the dwarf out of the camp. Um, you guys look around and find that basically at this point, the dwarven camp is otherwise abandoned other than there's the two corpses and there's the leftovers of the tent. And the like. there's a couple of small pieces of mining equipment here and there. There are, um, you know, you look around, you find a tent, you find some food. You do find some geologists' equipment, um, the sort of stuff that you would use for uh, surveying and excavating. Um, You find a shield, just like a regular mundane shield that um, I think both Butch and Falkus are proficient in their use. If you guys decided to take that, you're welcome to it because there's no one here to stop you. Um, And you find a climber's kit in in the camp that got left behind. And this was all stuff that, because you said there were crates and things. So this is, as we're kind of poking, this is stuff that's in the crates and the tents and all that. Yeah, this basically looks okay. like equipment that didn't make its way into the cart before the cart left. That these remaining dwarves were going to pack up and leave with. But then disaster struck and they were like, nope, abandoned ship and ran. Uh, the, the the one that was still here. I'm going to toss the climber's clit to Falcus, Just because I feel like you like to kind of keep yourself high and on point that out of all this, you might find use of this. Um, I don't know enough about the excavating tools. I don't know if we want to take that or not. I'm not sure if that'll come of use later, but nothing else kind of struck me. What was that again? The excavating tools he said were there. I don't know, or excavating pack. I can't remember what you ordered it. I don't know if that would be of use later, if it's worth a take or, but nothing else besides the climber's kit really struck my fancy. Uh, the other thing was, it was like a tent, um, some food, like a couple of days worth of rations. Um, there was a, uh, a set of geologists gear. Um, there was a shield and a climber's kit. So climber's kit focus for sure. I'll take one of the shields and just hang on to it. There's there's one shield. Oh, 
do, Butch, do you want it? You want to hang if, on? If to I it? were to if if I were to use that, if I were to equip it, it would it would do more harm than good. All right, I'll hang on to it because I mean it. You never know that maybe I could use the plus two AC at some point in time that I'm stuck in melee combat. I will snag the rations. You said like two days worth? Yeah. Uh, you said a geologist set? Uh, yeah, the the homebrew item that we made for Poe. I was like, yeah, they would have this. So. You can sell it. You want me to I'll hang on to it? Sure. You're welcome to it. It's You're in an empty camp right now. Do we want a tent? That, that, that'll roll up and um, be, be useful. The other thing is, is that uh, while I, I'm feeling okay, but uh, Ari, you sure did, ca- you know, did a lot of kind of magic stuff back there, and you know, my 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 palm kind of hurts. <laughs> We're we've only been out of Booty Bay for a couple of hours, but we're about to go into uh, more troubling territories. Maybe we should rest here for a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that's a good idea. Um, where the dwarf was down at this end of the uh, cave is at the is at the end of the cave down there. Yeah. All right, then I feel like we've secured this cave pretty well, so we could probably just camp out in here for an hour or so. Get get a take a short rest. Yeah, exactly, and then uh, head back out. Okay. Um, because you guys spent a couple of days in Booty Bay, you would be at full hit dice regardless of what your short rest situation had been previous to that. So uh, if you guys want to spend hit dice to regain hit points, that's cool. You're welcome to do that. Yes. Outside of that, um, you know, you hang out for an hour and catch your breath and any other class resources that may come back on a short rest, you're welcome to. None of mine do that I use, so it's fine. Uh, Falkus gets his uh, action surge back, though. That's nice. Action surge and one of my arcane shots per short rest. Oh, yeah, your arcane shot. Cool. At the end of you guys' a short rest, I imagine you're going to continue to make your way north. Maybe we should do that the next time we sit down. Yeah. Having slain the monster and recovered the dwarf, our heroes bid farewell to their new Tauran acquaintance and rest up before they continue their journey northward. There, not far from the Gurabashi Arena, where Drak the Orc warned them that blood sports were becoming more intense and more dangerous. Is the party properly equipped for a fight against a troll? What else will they find when they arrive there? We'll have to wait until next week to find out when we queue up for some more Heroic Dungeons and Dragons. Please follow us at twitter.com slash heroicdnd, where you'll find our players' social media info and a link to our Discord server.